When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As you know, and we mentioned yesterday, Jeff is in Nashville at the podcast convention that he is speaking at. So I enlisted some of my girlfriends to come help me host the show. And these are two ladies that I absolutely love. One's today, one's tomorrow. And um, the first one, the one today, I've actually never met in person, but I love her on Instagram. I love how open and honest, honest she is. And we have have a pretty, not similar, but we, we definitely have things in common when it comes to being open and being champions of mental health. So you are absolutely, absolutely going to love her. If you don't know her already, I can't wait for you to meet her in just a couple of minutes. Um, I'm flying solo for the first time, uh, with Ellie and it's really weird because of COVID, et cetera, et cetera. I have not been without Jeff in two years. So last night I spent my first night without him in two years. And I know that he doesn't miss me because he says that he never misses people, but I definitely miss him. Um, and Ellie, I, Jeff all but called me crazy last night because I was telling him, I'm like, I swear to you, Ellie knows that you're gone. Like, I know she's nine months old, but she's been super clingy to me all day. And she's not normally like that. She normally wants to get around and explore the world and, and everything around her. And she has been glued to me. So I have been enjoying the extra snuggles, but she totally knows that Jeff is gone. I swear it. I know she's nine months, but I'm telling you. Anyways, thank you for tuning into today's episode. And I hope you love our special guest. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. This episode is brought to you by Dinner Affair. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name is Lindsay DeFranco, and I'm grateful for candles. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> My name is Kelly Dollar, and I am grateful, grateful for baby monitors. I stalk my child like, you know. Same. I had to keep the monitor in their room till they were like four, and they asked me to remove it. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the same way. My kid's going to be <laughs> yeah. like, um, why are you watching me, you weirdo? Yeah. I'm like, I just can't get enough of you. You get used to them. Like, you get used to knowing what is going on all the time. I'm a pretty sad person. I texted Jeff the other day and I was like, I was sitting at work one morning and I just wanted to see Ellie. And I turned on the monitor and all she was doing was sleeping. She wasn't even moving. I watched it for a solid five or six minutes. Do you look for her breathing? Yeah, I do. Well, not anymore. I don't. But when she was first born, I mean, it was like every, I would wait for her to breathe. And now we have this fancy thing that actually says on the bottom of the screen, it like shows you that they're breathing. Oh, so nice. Um, yeah, that's nice. Cause then I'm like, okay, I know totally fine. She is fine. 
So Lindsay, if you don't know Lindsay yet, she is a woman of many things. And she is like the queen of Instagram, which I love her. And she (laughs) is the former queen of YouTube. And I say former because her bio, this is one of the things that I (laughs) love so much about you, says like reformed mommy vlogger. Yeah. Like recovering. It was traumatic. Why are you recovering? Well, I've done everything on YouTube from like when I first started, I was doing like Braves sports reports because I'm right. from Atlanta. And then after that, I did travel vlogging and just regular vlogging. But then mommy vlogging is what I got into like when I had my first son. So that was in 2014. And I did that for two and a half years. And I swear it was the one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever had, especially as a new mom, because people are so mean, like you cannot do anything right And I read an article recently that said that this was just something that another Instagram like mom noticed. But she said that middle aged moms are the most likely to troll other moms on platforms. I mean, that is one thousand percent true, I think. Mm -hmm. And people it's funny because even the backhanded nasty comments and they have declined so much um, recently. But Mm -hmm. Without fail, if you click on the profile, it's like a Bible verse or I love God or, you know, I, you know, it's a picture with their kids. And I'm like, why? I don't understand this. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. But, okay, so the trolls are one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you had this experience, but I am like a kind of recovering blogger. And I say that (laughs) (laughs) because I actually really do love to write and I Uh do blog posts for our site now. But I looked around like a couple of years ago and I was knee deep in the blogging thing. And I remember I was at an event for something. It was like a quote unquote, like blogger event. And I was Uh there with people that I had been spending a lot of time with. And I had this light bulb moment. I'm like, here's the problem with this. When you're making friends because what you have in common is that you both want to promote things, like that's not (laughs) going to end well. No, it's not. It's not. What happened? Is there like a specific thing that happened? No, I just, well, there were, after I had the realization, there were things that kept like it was a domino effect, but I Mm -hmm. was kind of looking around being like, we have nothing in common except for we're both chasing the same um, the same like competitive, you know, gets with brands and stuff like that. And and that's what makes it competitive. So when you have that first as the basis of a friendship, like everything above that is based on the competition. So I think it's really hard to break through with genuine friendships. Right. Um, In your, in your community of your career in a way, for sure. Yeah. It's just a hard thing. And you realize, I think as you get older, that the more you have in common with people is really important. And if you're constantly surrounding yourself by people that you don't admire and respect. Yeah. I had to end like, not this sounds so dramatic, like ending a friendship, but just kind of letting it fade because our only connection was YouTube and Mm -hmm. we had nothing else in common. Like this one girl, great girl, but she didn't have kids and I was at a different place in my life. And so those things just kind of fade out. Once you realize you have to protect your energy, that's kind of something that I've started prioritizing. It's like, I would rather have a small group of people that I really, once I leave the interaction, I want to feel good and I don't want to feel drained. I don't either. And I was talking to one of my girlfriends about this last week, actually, because 
she was telling me, and often it's so funny because I am totally guilty of not recognizing this in my own friendships early enough because it's different when you're in it and you have the blinders on and you can't see it clearly. But one of my friends is going through an experience with someone that is pretty consistently nasty to her. And mm-hmm. But she's also can has moments of of being nice and, you know, and whatever. And I, I said to this person, I'm like, look at who they're surrounded by. Like, is that a group? Is that the people you want to be? Are there other successful women around that person? And she was like, there's not. And I'm like, that should tell you a oh, lot. Oh, you know? yeah. Who she surrounds herself with. Right. And if it's never, if she's not surrounded by one successful or powerful woman, like that says something like why, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. you know, I'm not a therapist, but that's something that I was, <laughs> you know, it's so much easier to give people advice about, you know, like just who are you spending your energy on? That's what I say. I'm like, I'm not a therapist, but I've had a ton of therapy. So like, I feel like I can give some advice. I've gotten really good at drawing boundaries the past two years, but almost too good where it's like, if you do one thing wrong, I'm like, you're out. So I need to get a a little like less militant about that, but I'm just very protective. Like I don't have a lot of energy. And so when I do have it, I want to spend it with people who Give me more, you know? That's the other thing that I love so much about you is that you are completely an open book with mental health. And I don't mean just like talking about it or preaching about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel this common bond with you of being the girl that has definitely cried on the internet and been like, I'm not okay (laughs) right now. Yeah, I think it's so important. And I noticed that with you too. Like, it's important for us to talk about it and normalize it. And I'm sure you get a ton of messages too where it's like, Thank you so much. You helped me recognize X, Y, Z. You made me feel like it was okay to go to therapy and stuff like that. You Mm -hmm. said that you have been setting boundaries. So what does that look like for you? Like, is that in business? Is that everywhere? Is it with friendships? Like it started with family Um, because I feel like family can, in certain aspects, my family can be very draining, like a certain set of people. And so I think it was January, 2020, I wrote a letter to this, person. And I was like, here is why, you know, I don't connect with you as much. Um, this is like a close, close family member. And I laid out everything and just kind of explained how, when I spend time with them, I'm just exhausted. And I like hate myself when I hang out around them because they say so many cruel things, not to me, but about other people. Mm -hmm. And so I start to think, oh, well, if they say these mean things about other people, what are they saying behind my back? Right. And like growing up with them, like I developed an eating disorder because these people would always talk about how fat other people are and they would talk about how they're not worth anything um, because they're fat. And I'm like, are you now as an adult and recognizing that's why I have an eating disorder? I just got so mad. And I don't want that kind of like talk around my kids. So, yeah. um, And so. I read the book. um, Oh, my gosh. It's a Brene Brown book. Forget which one it's called. It's like the most popular one. But she talks about setting boundaries and they're Mm -hmm. so hard to maintain. But once you have them set, they're like magic. It's like, here's the behavior that I will not accept in my life. And here's why. And, you know, once you really you have to stick to those boundaries, which is something that I'm not good. I I was not good at. Um, But as long as you stick to those boundaries, people will either adapt to your boundaries or they'll just fade out of your life. 
Did you, I feel like people, when I get messages about boundaries, it's without fail, 99% of the time, it's about people that have really hard family dynamic boundaries. And <laughs> yeah. I Because yeah. here's the thing, it's like, they're, okay, so how do you set boundaries with people that you live with or you see on holidays mm-hmm. or you whatever, like, do you you know, do like you did and write them a letter and say, these are my boundaries. And then what happens if they're crossed? Right. I mean, I don't let them get crossed. Like if, if they say something to me that is inappropriate, I kind of just ghost and I'm just like, I'm not dealing with this. Not going to do it. I did have a recent interaction with one of the people and he maintained the boundary so well. And there were a few times where he spoke up about someone else's weight. And I just kind of had to say, I asked how a friend was doing, like a family friend, and he was like, she's gotten so big. And I was like, that's not what my question was. My question was, how is she doing? Um, You never know what's going on with someone. So I kind of maintained that boundary by standing up to him, but not being rude about it. Um, So how is like the year of coming off of like, you know, I mean, you're in California, right? So mm-hmm. you're coming off of like mega isolation year of yeah. crazy, even more than we had in Georgia, because Georgia was like kind of not. It so was much open it. pretty much, right? Like, yeah. you did your stores ever close or anything? Restaurants, um, restaurants closed and the gyms closed, but like okay. grocery stores, no, that that was open. I don't. Yeah. I think like things like Target. I think that stuff yeah. was pretty open, but I didn't, I didn't go anywhere. Um, like choice, but how are you, how has the past year been? Like, are you feeling like, yes, like, okay, cool. Ready. (laughs) Or are you like, I kind of like being at home. I liked being at home for probably the first year maybe. (laughs) But then as it came into 2021, I was like, I am so sick of this. If we go into lockdown again, I can't handle it. I can't do it. Um, But I feel very fortunate that I had help with my kids during the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, when schools were closed, which I'm so grateful for. Um, And I think it would have been a lot harder if I didn't have help. But my kids' schools opened last July because they're private schools and they had like they were able to they put the kids outside and they all wore masks and they were kids are so resilient. I mean, like you tell them to wear a mask at at the age that they are, Yeah, um, that my kids are. They're three and a half and seven now. So they were just like, okay, this is what it is. Cause by July, they were so excited to just be out of the house. Right. They were so thrilled. <laughs> They're like, um, right, we gotta, we'll do what we got to do. We want to go out. Okay. Bye. Yeah. But maintaining boundaries with like family who wanted to come visit. I was like, you have to get a negative test. You have to like with my mom, she was the first one to come visit. Cause we moved. And I was like, okay, when you get here, you have to quarantine for five days. And she was like, okay, whatever. But I'm, I am finding that I am a little bit more outgoing now because before I took it for granted, like being able to go out and see friends and stuff like that. Now, I know at some point I'm going to go back to how I was before, like (laughs) total introvert. I don't. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? So it's so weird. You know, those little like tests that they make you take in high school and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I tested as an introvert. In mm-hmm. college, I tested as an extrovert. And when I took a test recently, it said I was an introvert. So I don't know. Oh. Like, I feel. You could be both. I would have called myself an extrovert. Yeah. Forever. But now that I'm getting back into being social a little more, I'm mm-hmm. like, this is taking a lot out of me. Like, maybe yeah. I'm not so much. And I do, do you think. 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, do you think it has anything to do with being a new mom? Probably, because I just yeah. am totally fine being at home. But you know what? I was home, like, before we had Ellie. Like, I was totally cool hey, hanging out with Jeff at home. Like, I think, yeah. I don't know. I read this thing the other day that um, we're in a friendship crisis. Like, most people are in a friendship crisis, and something like 60% of women say that they don't have, like, a, like, best, best friend. Yeah. And I read that and I was like, am I in a crisis though? Or (laughs) am I just like really totally finding my inner introvert and fine with being at home? I think you're prioritizing your time. I think that's how I am too. Like I don't, okay, but I don't have a best friend. I just have some acquaintances that have this or friends that have the same friendship style as me. Mm -hmm. And I think that the pandemic showed me who those people are. Like I'm a, the type of friend where if we don't talk for two weeks, it's not a big deal. Like, I don't think you're mad at me. They don't think right. I'm mad at them. We could not talk for months because we all have our own things going on. And it's like, when we see each other, it's totally fine. So I can't be a good friend to somebody who constantly needs validation. That's just not, I'm not a good friend to that person. And I can't carry that on that thing because I feel bad. Yeah, I, I, <sighs> I think I used to be a little needier because I thought it was expected. Mm-hmm. And now in the same, I'm the same way. I'm like, we can talk once a month, whatever. It's like, we yeah. never left. It's totally fine. You know, whatever. But I, I don't, but I don't, I still myself in crisis. Like, I don't feel like I, have a yeah, I don't think it's a crisis. Like, wait a minute. Is it a problem that I am totally fine? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that headline, I read the headline and like a little bit of the story, but I think it's being very dramatic and I also think it could be geared towards younger people. Yes. And that I totally think is true because I think, um, especially too for like my single friends that were, you know, spending a good portion of time alone, like they're like, oh my gosh, I've got to have that, that just the physical contact of like a friendship or, hey, let's sit across from each other at a table and let's, you know, do that. Like, I yeah. definitely understand that. Um, for me, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe but you know, like antisocial now. I don't. I don't know. But it did define. It did like refine things for sure. And I think I'm okay yeah. with that. And it like slowed everything down. And you know, I some at some point too, I developed like a major attitude, which I don't know like where <laughs> this phase is coming from. But I just decided I'm like, you know, I don't really have anything to lose. I'm just gonna start saying what I think. Oh, danger. Never been that person. (laughs) And I mean, never in my entire Mm -hmm. life. So that's a new thing for me that I am testing out. And so how's it going? It's interesting because (laughs) now I actually have to back it up. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Say what I think. But Jeff's like, he's like, um, okay. So why do you think that? And I'm like, uh, I just do. I just do. I, I'm like, why can't I just have a gut feeling? Isn't my gut yeah. feeling that's I know. important to everyone in the world? No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, sometimes I just have to tell Phil, I just feel that way. Like I just do like some things I don't need. And I have like a media literacy organization, so I'm very like evidence-based, but sometimes when I have an opinion, I don't need to back it up. It doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't he, have to be a fight. A fact guy. Like, Jeff well, is. I think, I think he just likes to rile me up and like, play devil's advocate a lot because he knows I get flustered <laughs> and because I am so set in my opinions because I feel they're based on facts. So I have an opinion based on facts, but sometimes I can't bring those facts out of my brain to defend my opinion. It's, but they're there. 
that's exactly what we were talking about on the show last week. We're like, okay, I have realized as an adult that when that I have to ask Jeff for like a pause. Like I have to be like, excuse me. I know that we're in the middle of a, di- a discussion right now. And I know that I just said that I have an opinion, but I need five minutes to think about why I have this. <laughs> so can you just like, Let me form my thesis. I'll, I'll make it work. And th- cause that's how Jeff is like Jeff dollar. You do not argue with Jeff Dollar. And I don't say that in like a, (laughs) nobody argues with Jeff Dollar. I say that in like a, if Jeff comes to make a point about something, like say Mm -hmm. he thinks that we should start buying like 40 gallons of orange juice a week. He's Mm -hmm. not coming to me saying, Hey, what do you think about this? And then like testing out to see how he feels about it. He's Uh coming to me and he's already been researching for like two days and (laughs) about all of this stuff. And he's like found holes in every single argument that like, I'm going to, I'm going to put holes in it. And he already knows how to fill the holes. And it's like not fair. (laughs) So he's like a debater, like a debate team member. And he doesn't approach arguments. He thinks he'll lose. Oh, I mean, that's smart. It kind of reminds me on a lighter level. When I was 16, I think I went to Hawaii with my mom on a business trip and I wanted to get my belly button pierced so bad. (laughs) Everyone had their belly button pierced. And so she was like, well, you need to tell me the facts. Like, let me know, you know what the risks are. So one, no, I think this spanned two days. Uh, I stayed in the hotel room, didn't go to the beach. And I made a PowerPoint about getting my belly button pierced. And I said, here are the pros and here are the cons. And she said, okay, you did a great job. Let's go do it. So we went to this place down the street and it was filthy. And I decided not to do it because of the research that I did. And I was like, mom, like looking back on it now, I'm like, that was the smartest thing she could have ever done. Cause she gave me the permission, but let me parenting when are you going to (laughs) do that? I feel like I'm going to do that to Ellie just for fun. Like just to know the art of like the presentation and how to, you know what I mean? So Jeff will do that too. Be like, okay, we'll make your case. So they're, we're going to do to our kids, what our husbands do to us. I think that's what we're saying. We got to take that energy out on someone else. And by having children in our lives, like it is our, it is our right to be able to torture them sometimes if it's for a good purpose, you know, for a good purpose. Yes. We just started reward charts with the kids because they're just crazy. So we reward charts like, you know, for Carter, it's like, don't get out of bed in the middle of the night. You'll get a star. Um, make your bed in the morning, that kind of stuff. And they're psyched. I don't know how long they're going to be psyched about it, but it's helped in the past 36 hours. So do so. they get to like <laughs> redeem the stickers for stuff? Yeah. So I let them miss like one a day, basically. Like everyone makes mistakes, but if they meet this one goal, they get ice cream. And I'm going to make a list of other rewards so they can pick the reward for the week if they want to. But this week we just chose ice cream. Got it. I love that. Look at you. I'm not. You're so like into this mom <laughs> life. I love it. It's so funny because you're the evolution of Lindsay is. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Best. It's not even crazy. <laughs> it's so real and Aww. I love it. And now you're the mom that's making charts with stickers. You know, oh, I bought them. Did not make them. <laughs> I don't have the attention span to make them. I bought them. They look much better and they're more fun. So we'll see. But the thing is, I get really psyched on something for about like a week or if it's a new hobby, I'm psyched on it for 30 days. And then I just, I'm not into it anymore. And I think that's an ADHD thing. It totally is. And you and I are cut from <laughs> the same cloth. Yeah. I was watching on your Instagram 
um, the other day, like where you're like, okay, so I'm supposed to be in a call. Someone's four minutes late. So that gives me four <laughs> minutes to completely obsess over how this conversation is going to go, even though yeah. none of it's going to happen. It's just me no. in my head. And I do the same thing with like hobbies where I'm like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. And I am so yeah. envious of people that have, you know, routines that they do every single day, like someone who can wake up and meditate every single day. I envy I could never. People. I envy but, them. But Callie, you are like workout extraordinaire, getting okay. up every morning, working out, and you look amazing. And I know you're going to say, I don't believe it. No, I don't. But you do. I, I, I You're very sweet. <laughs> I am workout extraordinaire because I am vain. And I'm getting to the point where... I am really stepping into how I feel because I do feel tremendously better mentally mm-hmm. when I work out. If I go two or three days without working out, I feel kind of like I'm wearing a blanket over myself or something. You know okay. what I mean? I feel yeah. like emotionally heavier mm-hmm. and I don't like that feeling. So my motivation is kind of selfish because it just... I don't know. If it works for you, it's not, you know, like it's not selfish and it's not like you're taking time out of like doing important things. You know, it's, I don't think it's selfish and you feel better. I call that feeling when you feel heavy, I call it walking through jello, like trying to make your way through jello. It's just something that's unnecessarily getting in the way of me doing other things. And you know, this as someone with like ADHD and stuff like that, you any little tiny thing that gets in your way actually like turns jello to peanut butter. Oh my, you have no idea. Even when I'm trying to do the dishes and like one of the kids gets in the way, when I'm hyper focused on that, I'm like, well, I can't do it anymore. The focus has been broken. Sometimes it's easy to forget about the unique hardware that we're born with. We get so attached to our devices, we forget about things like ears and how our ears are so unique. That's why Ultimate Ears Fits are so cool. With Ultimate Ears Fits, you are gonna get a device, an earbud that is going to be custom fit to your ear. They're gonna stay in when you put them in and they're gonna be so comfortable you can wear them all day long. No pain, no discomfort because groundbreaking light form technology molds the device to the unique contours of your ear. You heard me. These are custom fit earbuds for you. They've got eight hours of continuous playback on a single charge. They are engineered to provide a full warm sound, got a tight punchy low end, and you can set custom EQ presets through the app. If you try fits and you don't love them as much as I do, no worries. You got a 30 day money back guarantee plus free shipping, free returns, one year warranty. Plus you get 15% off ultimate ears fits true wireless earbuds at ue.com slash fits using promo code upside that 15% off with promo code upside at ue.com slash fits f-i-t-s another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who has... 
has enough time for uncomfortable shoes. Well, not me and probably not you either. And as a Rothy's owner, I never have to be uncomfortable. The thing that makes Rothy's stand out so much is they have a seamless design. So you can literally order them. You can get your box, open them, put the shoes on your feet and wear them all day from the second they're out of the box. And I can tell you that confidently because I'm a paying customer. I have five pair of Rothy's and I have never hesitated to take them straight out of the box, put them on my feet and go. Rothy's are as cute as they are comfortable. They offer flats, loafers, and my personal favorite, the sneaker style. They have a ton of colors and patterns, and they also have super spacious washable bags. Rothy's recently also launched their men's shoes, and they're intentionally designed with an artisanal level of detail and created with zero waste. They're durable, washable, and better for the planet. Step up your summer wardrobe with washable, sustainable, stylish shoes and bags from Rothy's. Head to rothys.com slash upside to find your new warm weather favorites today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash upside. Summer is almost over and responsibility is about to rear its ugly head as we get back to real life. Get ahead of that reality and get your life insurance off your to-do list Today, with Policy Genius, you can get free life insurance quotes in just minutes. If there's somebody, anybody in your life that relies on your financial support, whether it's a child, an aging parent, a business partner, or obviously a spouse, you need life insurance. And to properly provide for them, you need 10 times the life insurance coverage than you're probably getting through your employer. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. That means savings of over $1,300 per year just by using Policy Genius to compare policies. Go to the website, policygenius.com, and find out in minutes how much coverage you need and get personalized quotes to find the best price. Then they help you with the paperwork. There's no extra fees. Policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Today's three random things are brought to you by Brown and Company Jewelers. All right. I was really stressed about this one. I wanted to make them so good. So some of them have two parts. Are you ready? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. playing it. This is, <laughs> okay. this is our eight random things today. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So my first random thing is that in the United States, each person owns a pair of set or seven pairs of blue jeans. Do you think you have seven? Oh, I have way more than seven. But how many do you actually wear? Um, before I was in my postpartum phase, I yeah. would wear like, like three. Same. And I would have one that was still my favorite. There's always a leading pair. Exactly. And mine are all different sizes and all different fits. And it's like, I don't know. I don't like wearing jeans anyway. I'd rather be in pajamas all the time. But so the the second part of this is that when I was uh, trying to design a diaper bag, I got really into zippers because finding zippers, a good zipper is really hard. So are you wearing jeans right now? No, I'm not. I'm wearing sweatpants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm wearing biker shorts. Okay. Well, for anyone listening, if you are wearing jeans right now or anything with a zipper, I want you to look down and see what letters are written on your zipper because there's this company called YKK and they produce 90% of all zippers in the world, which equals out to 7 billion zippers a year, oh my 5 million a day. 
So I guarantee that most of you have YKK on your zippers, which is crazy. What's the alternative is what I want to know. Like, okay. (laughs) So today I asked Phil, he was wearing, I think a pair, today he was wearing a pair of American Eagle khakis and it said Tula on them, T-U-L-A. And I was like, well, you ruined my experiment, but all of mine say YKK. He's a freak of nature because I've never, ever heard of that in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And did he look at you like you were a crazy person when you're like, I'm going to need to see your zipper. Well, he's heard this fact like a lot, so he wasn't surprised. He was like, you've asked me before when I've been wearing these same ones. <sighs> anyway, so I'm just so excited for anyone to look down at their zipper and see that it says YKK. <laughs> so my second, my second interactive random fact is that, <laughs> okay, it's, this is a fact. I, okay, your earlobes line up with your nipples. Have you heard this before? Okay. Now, if you're not <laughs> touching your ears and trying to I know. line this up right now, I, know. I don't know who you are because, yeah, that, right? It's kind of. Okay, so I asked, like, a lot of my friends to try it, and it mainly worked for people who are more flat-chested. That would be me. <laughs> so, but for me, TM, I'm like the TMI queen. I have fake boobs, and mine do not. So mine, like, when I start at my earlobes, Mine go out in like a triangle to try to do it. But I think before I had a boob job, they totally would have lined up. <laughs> I love it. I so I'm like, love it. <laughs> I'm making you guys look at your zippers so, and your nipples. Well, that and how many people are at work right now, like putting their they're hands like this. on their ears I know. and they're like trying not to, they're like discreetly looking around. Like, yeah. no one see me when I'm trying to do this. So, so what we figured out too is when you are touching your earlobes to so try to make the line down, it's not your fingertips that will line up with the nipples. It's like the lowest joint of your thumb oh. because your fingers will kind of like, angle a little bit so try I'm like we're, we're doing video right now so she can see how I'm trying to show you like but yeah so I don't know I don't know if it works for everyone but I think it's more like people that are more flat trusted <laughs> so my, my last one isn't very interactive but it's it's a random fact that I think is very important and it is that I don't know if you've ever heard anyone say like I want an unbiased news source or I'm unbiased or anything like that. But the fact is everyone has certain biases. And one of my favorite ones to talk about is confirmation bias. Like we, I don't know if you know this, but we all have like inherent biases. Mm -hmm. And so this one came into play with the um, mom troll story because I read the headline. Okay. First of all, confirmation bias is like when you read something, you read a headline and if it, if, if it conforms to your already held worldview, you're more likely to take it as fact without looking into it more. So if you hear something that's like, you know, Chick-fil-A is the best source of chicken in the entire world. If that's what you think already, you're not going to look into it. So when I read the headline of uh, most online trolls are middle-aged moms, I didn't even click on the article to read it. (laughs) Because I was like, well, yeah, that's true, obviously, because that's my experience. So, but I think, anyway, media literacy lesson plus, like, kind of just funny things that happened to me as a media literacy advocate. I'm like, oh, no, I got tricked this time. So when I actually clicked on the article, it wasn't like some scientific study. It was just this woman in the UK who was like, most of my trolls are middle-aged moms. And then I started thinking about it. And I think that also like middle-aged moms were just better at trolling. Whereas opposed to where you have like a man trying to troll a video gamer, they don't really know how to like cut deep 
Whereas like moms know how to cut deep on other moms. We know women. It's a woman thing. Like we know, we totally know. And I, um, I will say to Jeff and he's known this because we've been married long enough, but I'll explain to him sometimes how the female brain works. And he's like, no, it's not that deep. I'm like, oh, oh, but it is. We make it that deep because we know we are Uh that, you know, we are we're, we're, we're crafty. Like we can say something that seems so so nice and not controversial and then but in our heads. There's the other reason. person's head they're like, "Well, I was listening to your episode the other day about when you were talking about someone on Instagram saying something where you couldn't decide if they were being rude or not about your um post baby body." Mhm. And I was like, I would have probably thought the same way as you did where I was like they were trying to be rude. But then like having somebody else look at it from a different perspective is very helpful, I think. But I still sometimes I'm like, you're wrong. I know exactly what they were doing. <laughs> All right. And those are my three random things. I want to get back to the media literacy thing, because right. this is like something that you are so excited about and so passionate <laughs> about. And I think it's so cool. Sure. So um, my friend Bailey and I started the Not So Fast campaign in the wake of just so much information, misinformation and disinformation online. And um, we, we try to teach critical thinking. So when you see a headline, you know, don't retweet or reshare that headline or, you know, re. I don't use Facebook, re-Facebook, no, share on Facebook (laughs) unless you actually have read it and you've really thought about it. Um, But we really just try to provide like the most basic of resources. There are even infographics that just teach you about how to fact check, how to do something called lateral reading, where it's like, say you're reading an article and you read a claim that kind of stands out or, you know, weird example, like uh, on the the list of... um, random facts. One of them said there are more chickens on earth than on, there are more chickens on earth than people. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause like, how are we all able to eat chicken? Like whenever we want. Um, but that's something like, if you read that claim, you should open up another tab and research it to verify that it's true. So on our, on not so we have all these infographics that teach people how to fact check. And a lot of the time it doesn't take a lot of effort. No, um, because everyone is so smart and you just need to learn how to do it because it and our confirmation bias can play a big part in that of like when you read a headline again and you're just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'm not going to read it. And a lot of the time when you actually click on the article, it could say something completely different. And, and I, just think about how embarrassing that is. I have gotten a lot of knowledge about that just from being around like the media world and, you know, mm-hmm. working at Warner Media and, yeah. you know, say what you want to about whatever. But it's. Yeah. It's I am around a lot of people that know how to read one thing and then Mm -hmm. do research and then do research again and then do research again and go to different places. So I've learned so much. And I think you should all, by the way, do this like with dating. Also, I think you (laughs) should. Are you going to say Google the people that you're dating? Hell yeah. I Google everyone. (laughs) Anyone I meet. Everyone. Because the information is out there. You just have to get it. And like Lindsay said, it's not hard. They're making it as easy as possible. And it's a really yeah. cool thing. And I haven't seen anything like it um, that's not yeah. way intense. Like, Yeah. And that's what I wanted. Intense. Right. And I don't want to, you know, drag people down and have paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of like scientific whatever. It's like we have things on um, fact checking, on the First Amendment, um, on 
developing civil discourse, which I think is something that we could all use. And I struggle with it, too. But I think it plays into how you were saying, like, you you would have these opinions, but you wouldn't say them just because, you know, just to keep the peace or maybe because you couldn't back it up. But um, there are good ways to have civil discourse while exchanging ideas, because I think exchanging ideas is like the best thing we could do, even if you don't agree with each other. It's, um, yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Um, I have been doing a solid year's worth work of going out of my way to seek information that I wouldn't normally seek. Yeah. And it's not always comfortable to do that, but it's so cool when you do. Yeah, it is. Oh, seeking out information that you wouldn't normally seek out. It can make your brain hurt sometimes and it yes. can make you mad. <laughs> but it is important to see what other people are saying about specific to- topics because sometime or one time you might run across like a piece of gold information mm-hmm. where it completely. And I think we also need to normalize changing your opinion in the face of new information. We have a lot more in common than we give ourselves credit for. And I think when having those discussions, the best thing to do is start with a base of here's what we both agree on. We can both agree that X, Y, Z. And here's what I think about that. But we have so much in common with each other. And that needs to be celebrated more and acknowledged more. I know we kind of got a little serious and your podcasts are usually not like they're more like uplifting, but I'm like, I got to get this out. No, you know what? I love it because it's authentic and yeah. it's, it's what you love and it's what you're passionate about. And it's, I love, Jeff has taught me that the most interesting, interesting shows are made when you're talking about things that you love and that you're fiery passionate about (laughs) and it's cool because we can talk about things you know for years he was told what to talk about by consultants and stuff like that and he's like I will stand on my platform and tell you if a host is not interested in something it is going to fall flat I listened to Jeff on the radio starting at 13 and this is the biggest honor because I am not talking to Jeff I am Jeff today (laughs) I am Jeff. <laughs> like, I'm not just like, I'm, I am Jeff and I'm talking to his amazing wife. And I just think this is the pinnacle of my Atlanta life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just love it so much. The pinnacle of my Atlanta life was when, um, I married Jeff Dollar. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And he's like, don't <laughs> stop telling me how old you are when you listen to my radio show. I know. He's like, oh. can you not Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, so did you grow up listening to him too? I mean, it was... The only good thing on the radio yeah, at the time. Yeah, I listened to the birth show like forever. And I remember Jeff just stopped listening. Ear- earmuffs. Um, yeah. I remember driving <laughs> to high school and listening to the show because yeah. it was so good. And I always thought that he was so funny and he made me, you know, laugh when I wasn't supposed to. And, you know, so I was definitely <laughs> yeah. a fan. Uh, and I was kidding about, you know, the peak of my <laughs> little life. Being <laughs> you know, it is funny because he was like, even after we were, you know, very serious and and engaged, he would have these like casual Atlanta experiences that mm-hmm. he considered casual that I was just like freaking out over. And I remember when we got engaged, he got a text from Chili from TLC, and I saw oh my it on gosh. his phone, and I had a <gasps> meltdown, and I was like, Jeff, 
gosh, oh my gosh, Julie. And he's like, yeah, like I've known her for 20 years. Like she, and I'm like, but you don't understand. Like it's chilly. That's chilly. I'm like, that was my, one of my first concerts was a TLC concert. I was in fifth grade and Christina Aguilera opened for them. And I bawled. I was like, I had no idea she was going to be there. And she sang Jeannie in a Bottle and like one other song. She wasn't big at the time. And I was like, I love her so much. And then the, and then TLC, they cursed so much during the show that my mom made us leave. And I was okay. devastated. Similar to my concert experience, I was in fourth grade. My first concert was Alanis Morissette. Oh, okay. A little mature. A yeah. little mature. Like, I'm not sure what my mom thought we were getting into. Um, but it was at the old Omni. Like, uh-huh. Atlanta used to have this concert venue called the Omni. It's since been torn down. But this is, like, old school Atlanta. And uh, we, the person in front of us was smoking something. And I'm like, mom, what is that? She's like, it's cigarettes. Don't smoke them. And then (laughs) I'm kind of jealous of the Christina Aguilera thing. I wanted to be her so bad. I even bought a pair at, it was when, um, I think I got them from Hot Topic or it's from that. Yeah, I think they were from Hot Topic they were fake leather orange pants that were really oh, low. Were they like tight. low? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could Christina. never. Oh my. I wanted to dye my hair like hers. Like the blonde on top and then the red and black on the bottom from like the dirty video. My mom was like, that's trashy. You could never. <laughs> it was epic. It was iconic. And we love you, Christina. Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Today's episode was brought to you by Dinner Affair, the official meal kit for families. Visit dinneraffair.com upside for your exclusive discount. Most people learn about The Upside from their friends. Please tell everyone you know about this podcast so the amazing Upside community can continue to grow. If you want to follow Lindsay or hear more about the Not So Fast campaign, you can follow her on Instagram at Linz DeFranco. That's L-I-N-Z-D-E-F-R-A-N-C-O or visit notsofastcampaign.org.